We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your host, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of the Bronx Pinstripe Show of 2023. Scott, I'm going to do something unorthodox and start with an email. I think you're going to like this email. It's from our buddy Lee Jones. He says, Happy New Year. I just decided that any work colleagues I don't engage with this week won't be getting a Happy New Year at the start of the sub- uh, subsequent messages, emails from Monday onwards. And it reminded me of your irritation about this and also Scott's joy at your misery. So, yeah. Happy New Year to you and yours. I want to officially the above, pick the date. All the above, Lee, good job. You're going to pick a date because this is a whole thing. Yeah, if people listen, every year. have been listening to the show, they understand that one, uh, Andrew gets annoyed at everything. And two, that this, actually, it's, I'm going to pull that back a little bit, New Year's resolution time. I'm going to pull that back, Andrew, because ever since Harrison has come around, Things have gotten better, I think, with the, uh, with the optimism and the outlook, the general outlook on, on things. I don't know if you feel that way, but I, I do feel that way. So I think it's just perspective, right? It's like, you well, went yeah, through perspective this. definitely changes. There's no you doubt. went through this when Kemp was born. It's yeah. just like your perspective, your perspective on everything changes. And some of the other things are just like, well, maybe that's not as important. It just <laughs> doesn't matter as much. It's very true. So, so um, yeah, I think thanks, Lee. New Year Day being on 
the first, but then Monday, New Year Day or New Year's, New Year's Day. Day being on the first, and then the second was the observed day. That yeah. kind of throws a wrench into things. And I usually give two full weeks, two full work weeks. But then you do that and you got MLK Day on the 16th. So this like the holidays are really throwing this off. I kind of want to pick January 13th, which is essentially two full work weeks. If you don't get a, if you don't get your Happy New Year in to your colleagues and everyone by the 13th, that's Friday you, of the second Friday week. of the second week. When you come back on the 17th, because you probably have MLK Day off. I know a lot of people do, even if you don't. When you come back on the 16th to the 17th, refrain. Yeah, no, it's not happening. Yeah, you're. That's that's. I think that's pretty um, pretty fair, pretty yeah. fair. So now that the line has been drawn, and please everybody mark your calendars for uh, January seventeenth for wishing Andrew a happy New Year. <laughs> Great, can't wait. We are doing New Year's resolutions on this episode, um, and we. Thought it would be fun to go take a look back at our ones from last year because we did them last year. What were the 2022 Yankees New Year's resolutions? And I got to say, you know, our bold predictions might not be very accurate. Our bold predictions, my bold predictions were pretty fucking good this year. Well, our New Year's resolutions were really, really fucking good this year. And we'll quickly go through them and we can we can just reflect. So the first one was see the changes Brian Cashman alluded to in his end of year press conference. He 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 at the end of the 2021 playoffs, had that press conference talking about big changes. I wanted big-ass changes. You wanted personnel change. We talked about Glaber, you know, needing a change. And I th- I mean, there were a lot of changes, right? Like lots of changes. Lots of changes. The yeah. the biggest one in catching, and that was another and they, one. And they didn't stop. They didn't stop at the beginning of the season too, which I appreciate. And now, not to say that they all worked out because they didn't, unfortunately, but I appreciate the effort for change. Right. And and what that's what we wanted is we understood change might not work out, but if you just keep running the same thing back and it yes. fails again, then right. that's just unacceptable. Right. And so and I think that for every year, if you if you identify problems and you just decide let's run it back next year and hope it changes, well, you're just not doing a good job. That is a concept I will say. That is a concept that I think a lot of people have a hard time with because when they when they see change, when they ask for change, in their minds, they expect that change to work because it's different. It should work because the other thing didn't work. It's not some, it's, it's not this or that. It's not, you know, mutually exclusive. The new change can also not work. And in fact, could dig you into a deeper hole if, if, uh, if, if that new change is in a wrong direction. But I think the Yankees made some appropriate changes. And unfortunately, because of injury, things didn't work out. They made changes, but it was also like it wasn't even that we were saying you got to make changes because this didn't work for a short period of time. Like right. it had not been working for many years. Yeah. And the biggest one was the catching situation with Gary Sanchez. And you wanted to, we both said grow a sack and make a decision with Gary Sanchez, either be the starting catcher and stick to it or yeah. move on from him. And they moved on from it. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in the notes, there's a, there's a quote from me, which I have a problem with. Uh, and I don't know who pulled that quote, if it was Logan or Ilya, but it feels like it was taken out of context because there's no possible way in a million years. And please call me on the bullshit if you're listening to the show, because it doesn't exist in this particular case. There's no way. And maybe I was being facetious in the, in the sense, uh, Ilya, can you please read the quote that, that is in the notes that, that I read? And I was like, what the? There's there no is no extra context to this. Just, just read the quote, please. <laughs> the quote is, given who's available, you're not going to get a better option than Gary Sanchez. Even if he's not the guy that we thought he could be, 
if he's 60% of that guy, you're looking at the best option. Okay. <clears throat> the context in that was probably the conversation that led up to that quote. <laughs> and, and when we're looking at talent, because that was a conversation that we always talked about in with Gary Sanchez was talent. And when we're talking about 60% of the talent of Gary Sanchez, I stand by that. The, 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 the guy is talented. He's, he's oozing with talent. He just doesn't know how to use that talent. He's like, he's like a superhero that has all these powers and has no fucking idea how to use them. And that doesn't do anybody any good besides just waste a good, uh, uh, you know, a good superhero that just collects dust on a shelf. That's what he, I'm not saying Gary Sanchez is a superhero that went down a different path, which will be <laughs> we're going to revisit this a month. year from now. Next year. Now, yeah. Now, part of the conversation was that you guys didn't want them to split time with Higgy. And that's exactly Sanchez. what it was. We wanted you them, you to, wanted them to commit to it. But okay. you're, I, I actually you're remember, not going to get a better option. <laughs> no, because you wanted, what's his name? Stallings, right? That was in your GM. Yes, I did. I wanted Stallings. And then, that was and then part of he, the, got, uh, he got moved. And so we yeah. were looking at the other options. Like, we didn't know who Jose Trevino was at this time last year. No, right? to be so, fair, there's no way. I, I no mean, one thought when Jose Trevino comes in or Ben Rortvet comes in, like, on paper, those are not better options than Gary Sanchez, what Gary Sanchez could be. And I correct. actually remember this conversation because it's a conversation we had a dozen times, is that... Don't dick around with him. If he's going to be the starting catcher, don't just make him the honorary starting catcher on opening day and then don't have him catch Garrett Cole ever again. Like, stick to it. And yeah. that's, you know, kind of a preview to one of our resolutions for this year. Make a decision. Commit. Stick, stick to it. Commit. And then give it some time to breathe. And if right. it's not working, then make a change. But this flip, flip-flopping was, I thought, really messing with Sanchez. And to your point, if he's 60%, 60% might be a little low, by the way. If he's 75, 80% of the guy from like 2016 to 2018, then you've got uh, a really, really good catcher, borderline all-star catcher. So that was your point. Offensively. Offensively, but even even defensively, like we know the framing was an issue and and I I mean I truly The framing was just a microcosm and and like the visible the visible reflection of what a shitty defensive catcher he is. He's got a hose. Like at the end of the day, he's got a hose. I truly believe they messed him up. Like he was never going to be an elite defensive catcher like what we saw with Trevino this year, but he wasn't as bad as he ended up being back in 2017. Here's the problem with what I with that and I, you know, maybe this is a flip-flop from another uh from another conversation as well because the amount of the amount of things that we talk about this team there's it's it's practically impossible to not flip-flop. But with him, if you're looking at at defensive metrics and early on, you're like, okay, not so bad. But with with catchers, if you stay in bad habits, they're going to get worse. Especially with a guy that's not, you know, physically fleet of foot, or you know, a, a guy that 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 is necessarily a, a great athlete. He's not that. He's not that guy. So when you see bad mechanics and deteriorating mechanics and bad tendencies, those are going to get worse as he becomes older and and gets deeper into his career. So if you don't fix them or attempt to fix them, then you're just going to you're kicking the can down the road essentially with a guy like that defensively. So I and with, with them bringing in um name is leaving Taylor me right Swanson. now. Swanson, thank you from from uh, Minnesota at the time like the guy was was lauded as as a defensive catching mind. Like he 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 was one of uh you know the more influential voices in in the for the position and you know he was trying to make changes to a guy that did have the talent does have the talent offensively and needed needed to be reshaped essentially defensively because 
whether whether they worked or not, the old way was going to not be good for a long time. It was going to be it was not going to be good. He was going to be a below average defensive catcher if he stayed in his old tendencies. So the the I understand why they did it. My problem was with him. I don't want to go down this road, but my problem was with him that he, he didn't commit to the change either. It was it was just completely botched from both sides. Yeah. Um, the next one that we talked about was I hated reading with, that quote, though, I must say. Stop with the we're close rhetoric from Boone. Uh, I don't think he completely got away from it. I think the fact that the Yankees were the best team in baseball for the first half of the season obviously like changed. Made it more true? Well, it just changed how he was, his what he was saying and things he was saying. And then I think in the second half of the season when the team was playing 500 baseball, there was a lot of talk about, you know, well, we're, look at the position we're in. We're still that team from the first half. So blah, blah, blah. The, the rhetoric from Boone is never going away. Uh, that's not in my resolutions from this year. Uh, I don't think it went away. And the fact that they did get closer this year is probably only going to make it worse next year. This one was big, and I remember, and they did it. We, we wanted them to come out in April with some urgency because the past few years, really under Boone up until last year, they come out in April and they just look flat. And then you dig yourself a hole. In April, you're playing sloppy baseball. You're making errors. You're making outs on the bases. You have a 500 or two-game under 500 April. And that doesn't kill your season, but it's just like it's, it's just you're losing to teams you shouldn't be losing to. And that's not what happened last year. They went 15 and six in April. They had a nice win streak in there. And, um, uh, you know, they did come out with urgency, which was great. Then we talked about fundamentals because the team was an absolute mess. And that's, I think, was the biggest change year over year was the fundamentals. And they've really improved because in 2021, the team was 29th in baseball in DRS at minus 41. Which, which is awful. 29th out of, out of in the league. Pretty much the bottom of the league. Then they bump up to uh, number one in DRS, right? In, in 2022. So they went from bottom of the league to top of the league in DRS. And a big reason of that is Jose, Jose Trevino in the catching position. Yeah. I mean, that's a... If you are not a fundamentally sound team, you have no chance of doing anything at the end of the day, like bottom line, like that's, I make this, uh, this analogy quite often, but it's, it's your offensive line. You got to build that. You got to build the fundamentals. You got to build the the core of that, of that team. And then from there you can start, you know, messing around with some flashy, uh, flashy stats, flashy, flashy players, flashy, um, objectives, objectives. But if you're, if your base is not solid, then you're not going to be sustainably a good team. And, and that's exactly why that that is. So yeah, huge change, massive change. Congratulations on making that change in such a fast time too, because they did. They really did flip it on its head and, and um, make sound changes there. Yeah, and Donaldson, for as much as we complained about him, was fantastic. A good defend, defender. Was a good defender at third base. That was an upgrade over what they had with Geo at third base. Shortstop, obviously, even though, even though shortstop ended up being a mess, the shortstop defense did get better last year. The outfield defense got better last year. So yeah, it, it was a it was a change across the board. Continuing with the sort of trend of fundamentals, fewer strikeouts we wanted. They improved from. Uh, uh, they were the sixth most in the league in 2021. Then they they improved to 13th most. So they were middle of the pack last year. I don't know that they're ever going to be lowest in the league or close to lowest in the league based on the players they have, but that is a pretty good improvement. Better execution with runners in scoring position is another thing we wanted. This one is also a huge change. So in 2021, they were 25th in baseball with a 92 
WRC plus with runners in scoring position, which is below league average. That's a below league average offense when you have runners in scoring position. Then they moved up to 10th to 115 WRC plus, which is 15 points better than league average runners in scoring position. Yeah. I mean, you have ducks. Hey, we had guys in position, guys in position. They just couldn't execute it before. We had had, ducks on the pond. no, what traffic are, what on the bases. Traffic, traffic on the, on the bases. Thank you. That's that traffic on the bases. That's what okay. I'm looking for. No, no that's what a, in, what another in, uh, solid. But that goes also back to the type of player that you're bringing in, and the type of uh, uh, the type of lineup that you're you're throwing out there, and how how the balance of said lineup can affect uh, you know scoring runs. Because we were always joking, Luke Voigt call, called them donkeys on the bases, and right. it's like all the outs on the bases, we also had a resolution in here about, and they improved on outs on the bases as well. So, yeah, they they were more traffic on the bases, fewer donkeys on the bases. They use donkeys to go down the Grand Canyon uh, on those like really tight trails because they don't, they're just dumb and they just go and and just follow the trail. Whereas a horse like might see something, you got to put blinders on a horse. Horse might see something and just be like, I can get that and fucking go, you know, but donkeys would just go down the path. (laughs) John Carlos Stanton. I wanted him to play at least one third of his games in the outfield. And I didn't want to wait until July to start that. He did start in April in the outfield, which is great. And he ended up playing 36% of his games in the out game started in the outfield last year so they pretty much nailed the one-third thing uh obviously he dealt with injuries so that was i think better a, i mean it's actually risk. the number is higher than if you're if you're because of the uh you know what he dealt with too it's a known risk with putting him in the outfield but i don't think we we have said this again like <laughs> he was getting injured when he was just de-aging so at that yeah. point just just put him in the outfield a little bit so and, this goes back to the load management question about the one third is the one. I guess the one third was the design element of doing the, the load management. Uh huh. Thirty six percent nailed it. Yeah, thirty six percent nailed it. Got it. Okay. <laughs> so uh, the with left field will be interesting this year because I know that's like the biggest question mark with this current roster. If they don't bring in a left fielder, like he might get another twenty five, thirty five percent of his games in the outfield, which I wouldn't hate. Uh, this one they didn't come through on, but in the end it worked out. Give Aaron Judge an extension. Don't let it linger through the season. Oops. Get it done in spring training. Oops. Make him captain. Okay. Happened at the end of the day. It did happen at the end of the day. They did not get it. Uh, yeah. So, you know, long way around there, but they got they got to it. They they got to it. Left field, uh, I just thought of something for left field. I'll, I'll save it for that discussion. But um, we had we had a pretty spirited conversation over chat. I think over the past, you want to talk about it now? And last night, um, do you want to talk well, about the, it now? So you don't can, you, can you mention the last one? The, the, the last the, resolution from yeah. last year was win the World Series. Yeah. So they if they had listen. just listened to us on all of these, we would have been we'd be sitting here as champions. But they didn't. They didn't listen to us on the world, win the World Series part. Um, I don't know why they didn't listen to us on that part. <laughs> Pretty much the most important piece of it. But yeah, we could put it back on there for this year. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be back on there. Well, Yankees brass, I know you're listening. Brian well, I Sabian. think someone was listening last year because they did a Just lot. Just listen to us on that last one, too. Common sense department here. Follow through on all of them. So we've got a bunch this year. Uh, a lot of player-specific ones, which I like. The first one, though, is just general. And stop playing New York, New York after losses. That's just a loser mentality. Like, let let do something different. Play, play, you know, play Taylor Swift. I don't give a crap. Play, play Bieber. After a loss, just don't play anything. Play play somber music after a loss. Don't play the tradition of New York, New York after a loss. I hate that that started. I know Logan hates that that started. 
You it, must. The, don't be happy about it. This is the, you know, I, I was bringing up that this is a resolution show, but I wanted to also bring a little Festivus into this and, and air our grievances. And really the only thing I wanted to yell about was this. This was the biggest thing. Like my grievance for, uh, for, for going into the season is, is, a, is a culture grievance. And this is a bad culture thing, in my opinion. This, this is, a, this is a, a song that is cherished for Yankees victories. It, you think of it, you think of the Yankees winning. That's what you think of. Like there's a connection. It's like Pavlov's dogs winning. When you play it, when the Yankees lost, especially when the other team is celebrating a playoff win in your building, a, a, a hated rival in your building, and you're playing our song, uh, the, the, the famed song in Yankee Stadium to their victory, something's wrong there. Common sense department, just don't play it. Play Jay-Z. I don't give a shit what you do. Play another song that has the word New York in it. I don't give a rat's ass. Don't play Sinatra. Do not play that song. It is not uh, a, a song that, that needs to be played in that moment. It's only for Yankee wins. That's it. For it's really not that hard either. For a period of time, didn't they play just other versions of New York, New York after losses, and they would only play the Sinatra after wins? And then that changed as well, and they just always played Sinatra. It's like I don't remember I know, the de- all the details. I know on that, uh, but. Red Sox fans always mock that Fenway will play Sweet Caroline in the eighth inning, even if they're down by like seven runs. It's it's like guys, it's like read the room here. It's like we're we're getting our butts kicked, and you're going to play the Sweet Caroline. And expect everyone to just stand up and start singing. That, that's different, though. That's like a that's like a hype up song. You could you could look at that the other way. It's like a, a rally song, even or a celebration yeah. that you're kicking someone's ass. Like okay. Yeah, it's it's a disgusting song when in the in the context. It's a, it's a shame because I actually do like the the song itself, um, and, it, and it's got ruined for me because of that. But it's different. It's not at the end of the game. It's not at the end of the game. It's not associated with winning the game. The next resolution is huge, and it kind of goes into what we we're talking about with Sanchez last year. It's pick a starting shortstop, make a decision. I want them to pick a starting shortstop in spring training after a battle. And stick to it and give it some time. And then by the all-star break, they should have clarity on who the starting shortstop is. I don't want to see this back and forth where it's IKF starting a couple days a week and Volpe starting a couple days a week or Volpe or Peraza starting. It's just enough with the ambiguity. I understand that IKF's on the roster. He can be the utility player. I know he will start at shortstop sometimes, but it should not be a split duty type of thing because then you're going to find yourself in a position where you're, you're, you've got four different starting shortstops in, in an ALCS again. Yeah, I mean, I want I, IKF to play shortstop occasionally, purely, so Logan has to look at it. I mean, I, I do like some negativity on the show. I like seeing other people in misery sometimes because it it does lift my spirits occasionally. Um, but yes, commit to the guy, and and not only that, not only that, like this is a different situation uh, from from even the Gary Sanchez piece because Gary Sanchez had been in the league for a couple of years, and we're like, commit to him. We've seen what he could be. This is the situation now where you got Anthony Volpe. Uh, just I'm going to say Anthony Volpe. All right, just just let's just act like it's him. If it's him walking through, he he wins the job in or or performs well in spring training. Commit to the kid. We have established that the regular season in Major League Baseball is not as important as a lot of people think it is. There is time and room for development on the Major League level in today's game. There is. And when you are surrounded by the talent that the Yankees have, I don't know where you could get better development than at sh- starting shortstop in New York, uh, at Yankee Stadium on the Major League level, surrounded by 
veterans that have been there, done that, that have talent. And the amount of pitching that you're going to see on the major league level compared to another, you're going to see better pitching, actually. You'll probably see more fastballs. This is the reason why you see um, a power surge a lot of times, guys coming up from AAA, even AA sometimes, to the major leagues, because they're getting a, a more steady dose of one, strikes, and then also they're being attacked in the zone with fastballs because pitchers would rather go after those guys than the established veteran who they know will do damage. So Volpe, give him the time. Give him the time. If he's the guy, if the scouts and the and the, all the nerds would be like, this is the kid, this is the kid. That's what everybody's saying. This is the kid. Give him the job. Give him the job. Allow him to struggle and stick with him and allow him to go through the ups and downs so that post All-Star break, we are we are looking at a kid now who has been through the shit a little bit, who has who has you know gotten some really good experience in the first half of the season because they don't need him to be a an all star at shortstop for them to be in first place in this division. They just don't need that. They need a kid to go out there play good good uh, defense and adequate offensively. And if he's improving throughout the the, the case and he's a, in a better spot second half of the season, that's only going to put them in a better position for the the playoff that they are always talking about to get into that's it I, just commit to him He's i got agree the i agree with you in the sense that you can do more development at the major league level now because the regular season has been diminished in importance thanks to the expanded playoffs it's just the yankees have never really done that and they've always slow played they prospects. did it with Derek jeter <laughs> well i'm just saying <laughs> he was a shortstop he was a highly Touted shortstop it's forever ago. Up. It doesn't forever matter. Forever ago. It doesn't matter. They, the, the guy that was the captain before now, the current captain, no longer the existing yes. captain. And it's they Derek, did it with him. It was Derek Jeter, and we understand now that he obviously could handle it. He could have handled everything. We hope Anthony Velpe can handle everything as well. I have seen them though in more recent history, slow play prospects, and instead of making the decision. They let the decision come to them. And then what ends up happening is no one wins the job and you're just you're just left in this sort of gray space where it's IKF one day, it's Peraza another day, and then Volpe might still be in the minors because no one was like the clear-cut winner and it's like wasn't an easy slam dunk for them. Logan, you had something to add? Yeah, it's I think when it comes to the Yankees and prospects, I think they only slow play guys they don't actually believe in. Because when they believed in Glaber and they wanted Glaber to come up and be the second baseman, he came up and he was the second baseman. Well, they traded for him too. It's a little different, I think. They, no, they, but that's, well, a, that's a decent, that's a, a decent example. That's a decent no, example. No, because he was, he was, he was a top, he was a top prospect. I mean, yes. same thing with Sanchez, Sanchez and Judge. I know that was in a different time, but it was. Well, they still played Judge. Judge was 25 when he came up. They also, but they also he was, sold he came off out of the college, entire year though. when they when they did that. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, but think about it, like you know, when they when they everybody was screaming like bring Justice Sheffield up because we need pitching, Justice and they Sheffield were like, never the they, didn't they were like, mm, they didn't believe in him, and then they traded him for value. They brought up and Severino. They, they brought up Severino, and they, and they if you go him. through it and you say, okay, well, the prospects that they brought up, they they believe in, and then the prospects that they didn't really believe in, they slow played because they were trying to trade them. Like maybe they just. Truthfully, don't believe in Peraza that much. They believe in Volpe, and they don't. I'm believe not sure in I really buy into that narrative, honestly, because I think there's opportunity that goes into that. There's context that goes into that. I understand what you're saying, and the Yankees traditionally, at the end of the day, just I, I think have mishandled a lot of their minor league prospects since the, the the 90s when they when they were so successful in that. But when's the last time we've seen a shortstop? come up through the system that's been this highly ranked and this highly thought of, not only with the Yankees, but throughout baseball. It, Eduardo Nunez? Uh, that's who I was thinking about, but but that's 
That's the guy that was supposed to take over no, no. for Jeter at one point. But he so, wasn't never highly touted like this. No, of Logan's course not. I was being sarcastic. I know. Uh, Logan's point, though, like with Jackson Frazier, formerly Clint Frazier, they didn't believe in him because they had right. they constantly were just like giving him a chance. And then it would two weeks. He wasn't hitting. Go back. He's a Barber. mental head case. Yes, but they, they didn't believe in him. It doesn't matter name. if they don't. It doesn't matter if they. So did Giancarlo Stan, by the way. It doesn't For matter. For reasons. Yeah, that was it, that was one of yeah, his names. Yeah, I mean, he's Jackson, just trying to celebrate he just his, out his, his heritage. I mean, Jackson, yeah. I thought Jackson was Clint's middle name. No. Was it his? Is it his yeah, middle name? Yeah, flip-flopping. It's like me going by Gregory now. I'm not doing it. Yeah, I don't think everyone knows that. That's true. It's possible. It took me a long time to figure that it out. It took like a whole time. Yeah, Scott's my middle name. It's always been my middle name. We've but been I'm doing going this. By Scott. I'm not flip flopping. We've fact, been doing this off because I had to, anything I have to the doctor's office, insurance, the DMV, everywhere. It's a pain in my ass because I I tell them my name. I'm like, oh yeah, my bad, not my name. Uh, we've been doing this show since 2015. It's now 2023. That's a long time. I bet there's longtime listeners that did not know your real name is Greg. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know where the hell that was going, but yes, that's uh the they uh, Jackson Frazier. <laughs> was a you know, is is he's a free agent free agent we need a left fielder you know maybe maybe jackson mm-hmm. frazier is the guy now i don't know you have to get him off of his uh you his could little, you could resign him binge. you could resign him you and could. just can just trick fans being like, oh it's a different guy different guy it's not the same guy what are you talking about <laughs> um the next resolution is play more even keeled over the season because Yes, they finished with 99 wins last year, but they were a 696 team in the first half and a 500 team in the second half. Like, just be a it's, little bit more consistent. I mean, it's easier said than done, for sure. They, I believe that they attempted that. They get, they, of first of all, they, you, they attempt, came, you don't go and try and play 500 baseball. Well, they also were all world. They were, they were about, they were on pace to break win records in Major League Baseball in the first half. Like, okay, that's, but that's a pretty get, high. A pretty high bar, but even if you have half, a 696 first half, maybe have yeah. a 560. No, they were Jekyll and half. Hyde. There's no doubt they were Jekyll and Hyde. Have a 560 or a 550 second half, and yeah, then you I win understand. 103 games. And and you're we're not talking in early September about them possibly blowing the division because they've got a nine game lead and they're coasting. At the end of the day, I believe in the premise of this resolution, they need to play consistently, and that goes to there's a lot of things that go into that. But yes, consistency is a is a is a major piece. This one is for Judge. Consistent got- with messaging and 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 the way that they go about things too. This goes back to Volpe. Be consistent with you know your commitment to a, a young guy. This is the time to let young guys shine. Be consistent. We've got a couple of Judge ones. The first one is don't beat yourself. And, and, and you know I I I don't even know if that's the case. It's uh, he just I would say stay locked in to your approach. Because at the end of the season, he was chasing the 60-second home run, which I completely understood. But he moved away from his approach, which all season was working, and had him hitting you know, near the top of the league for the batting title. If, he, if it was out of the strike zone, he was spitting on it, and he was walking a ton. And then when the pitcher came in the zone, he made them punish with, with, with a home run or, or, or a double or something like that. And then at the end of the season, he just wanted to hit the home run, which, again, I understood. But that bled into the postseason where you're going to be facing better pitching and Cleveland pitching has always owned Judge. But he had a 40% strikeout rate in the 2022 postseason. 
Yeah, it's bad. And and the other the other piece of that is he, he was pressing, I think, too, because his guys around him just weren't doing their job either. So there there were other components of of him. Yes, he was chasing uh, because he was getting the home run. He wasn't getting very many pitches either. So I think that he was probably expanding the zone for to look for more opportunity to do mm-hmm. damage. Especially wanted um, to do it at home. And I remember yeah. that last series was against Baltimore, right? Where he he was chasing because he wanted to hit the home run at home. Yeah, and if he takes and if he takes a walk there, like pretty pretty goddamn good chance that nothing happens on, on the production side for the New York Yankees either. So well, it was also like I think at that point the Yankees weren't necessarily even playing for anything. So it's like yeah, you, you take the walk there, which is what you would normally do. But let's just try yeah. to hit the home run. But at the end of the day, you don't want a lull. You don't want you don't want a a, a lull year coming back, which you know a hangover year, which happens to teams uh, when they when they find a lot of success sometimes. And then I think players too. Like he, he, you're right. He found he found the consistency, um, not only with on the field, but you know I would say everything off the field too. Because the man stayed healthy. He was uh, he was on the field a lot, which which goes to um, you know his conditioning and everything around that. Just stay consistent, stay at it. And I and he's man, he's got the mentality. Like if anybody I believe is going to do that, it's him. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. My other resolution for Judge is don't wear the C on your jersey. I don't think it's going to happen because he wasn't wearing the C in the press conference on the jersey when it was announced. So I would be very, very surprised if he comes out in spring training with the C on his jersey. But don't be Jason Veritek.
no, but also a different time. Like that's inventory now. You can uh, that's that's inventory that takes up uh, millions. You can wear of it on your arm patch or something. Like there's other places you could wear it. I don't want it anywhere. No, nothing on your hat. Nothing. Don't face paint a C on your cheek with eye black. Oh, that, I wouldn't be. I'd be okay with that. Just every day. What if What if Rizzo painted the C on his face every day? It's just in a different spot. It's just no, every, yeah, but he didn't. Everyone, do it. everyone else, like every day, a new player, new teammate does the C. It, yeah, so. yes. Cap, like anointing him captain for every single game with a C on his cheek. Okay, I could get behind that. Okay. Anything else? No. <laughs> um, Frankie Montas, play with a chip Mo- on Mo- your shoulder. Montas, whatever it is, Frankie Montas, play with a chip on your shoulder and not a chip in your shoulder. Yeah, that would be nice. You know, who knows if he can control that, but that would be nice. Let's be the guy. Be the guy that, that you know, the Yankees brass think you can be. Well, can he be what he was in Oakland from 2021 through the first half of 2022, which was 51 starts to a 3.3 ERA, a 3.37 FIP, and 9.75 strikeouts per nine inning and less than a home run allowed per nine inning and a 44% ground ball rate? Because that's a really, really good... When did top uh, of the rotation pitcher? When did he get popped? When did he get 20, popped? 2019 or something like wasn't it? Can you guys look up when he got popped for for steroids? Yeah, okay. it was like 2019 or something. All right, so we've we've seen relatively sustained success after that before the mm-hmm. injury. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's an important piece, I think, here because not only did they get a guy who 18. was hurt, but they got a guy who had you know popped for the juice also. Um, yeah. Be that guy. Be the guy that that doesn't have an arm problem, a shoulder problem, and and be able to go out there and throw, you know, 175 innings. That give me, give me. Yeah, I mean that would be that I would mean, be that, amazing. But that's what that's what he should be. That's what he should. That's what he should be. be. That's what you traded for. That I mean, you traded for him to be the number two starter. He's not going to be the number two starter in this rotation with all of the guys they have. He's going to be the number five starter in this. Great. Rotation. If he's the number five starter or number four starter, and and he's able to come back to a uh, you know, a three-three guy and, and someone that that actually is 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 getting, you know, over over uh, a strikeout an inning. Amazing, forty-four percent ground ball rate. Yes, that's the guy. Yeah. So it was June of twenty nineteen that he got popped for for the steroids, and then it was an eighty-game suspension. He came back and was very good after that. Um, all right, COVID next one. Year, then injury. Uh, yeah. Oh, I know. It's been it, uh, it's been. It hasn't been the most consistent thing. Like hasn't been that long since the pop either. If you actually break down the amount of games, I also he's the last year. What's up, Logan? I also didn't realize like he was like a White Sox. Like just that's just like bad. That's just like leaves. Yeah, it's just bad vibes. Totally bad vibes. So so is so is Radon. Yeah, but I remember I remember Rodon as a as a as a White Sox. I mean, I don't. Frankie Montas pitched seven games, and it was like. Yeah, he gone. The uh, next one's for Anthony Rizzo. It's take advantage of no shifts this year because in 2022 he had a 216 batting average on balls in play, and his career average is 278. So we think the theory is that that is going to creep back up towards his career average with no shift, and his batting average is going to go up a lot, which is going to be huge for the lineup and for Rizzo. And you know, when Steinbrenner was talking about we need more contact guys in this lineup, Rizzo's a contact guy. And he can be a contact guy. So this goes back to a conversation I think we've had in the past, but it's, um, I mean, does he really need to change much? It's no, just, it, I don't think that, so. Yeah, so, not, so it's, it's really not him taking advantage of no shift. It's just him being himself and the shift yeah. uh, helping okay. him. That's a better way. Continue yeah. to be yourself and yeah. trust that the batting average on balls in play will yeah. go 
back towards your career average. There's going to be more green, baby, more green for you to take advantage of. And yeah, so staying with that approach, staying consistent with that approach is a good thing. And I don't see anything, you know, he's a pretty consistent guy in in that way. So I I expect that. I I, I certainly expect him to be himself. And then we're just going to see a more positive outcome because of um, the shift not happening. Clay Holmes, we want him to lock down the back of the bullpen. Now, this one's interesting because I think LaWaisiga is a, is a candidate to also lock down the back of the bullpen with how he performed at the end of the season and how shaky Holmes was at times. These numbers, when I, I, I knew they were bad and drastic, but when I looked them up yesterday, I was blown away. Clay Holmes, in through June, 1.2 walks per nine innings. From July 1 to the rest of the season, Five walks per nine innings. What does that say to you, though? Mechanics, injury, just yeah, injury. not not right. Like not yes. right in general. But like not right he in general, always but, but... struggled with walks. Even that was always a, an issue with Holmes when back in Pittsburgh when the Yankees yeah. got him. It was his command and right. his sinker, which can get out of control sometimes. Right, like you aim for the middle of the plate, and if a guy spits on it, it's not. It might not be a strike. But you cannot be. Never mind a short reliever in middle innings. You can definitely not be a closer with five walks per nine innings. You know, it's funny because uh, they're very different players, but the, the and, and honestly, you could say this about everybody, but when you have such, um, when you, when you print high success at what you're doing, you look at like the, the, the downfall of it. Adam Adovino was a similar guy. When Adovino, when Adovino was around the strike zone and he threw that Frisbee that would start it, you know, at the dugout and then end at the other dugout and, and, uh, and he would throw that thing for a strike. He was nasty. And you saw him actually improve last year with the Mets um, because of, you know, he was around the strike zone more. When you start losing that strike zone, all of your stuff is just not, not, it's just not as good. It's just pure. now, now, uh, Holmes has much better stuff, in my opinion. Uh, he's got just better, um, hard, late action, uh, a different type of pitcher. And when you are coming back from an injury, I think one of the hardest things to regain is consistency with the mechanics. And like you said, with with a with a with a history of of not being able to throw strikes or that being one of his um, one of his issues, if you can't get back to those good consistent mechanics, uh, and that's due to injury or, or if you're you know counterbalancing something, that's a problem. So first and foremost, this man needs to be healthy. Uh, needs to have a a a, a good solid um, spring training, and I'm not talking about result wise. I'm talking about mechanics. Like so the injury, but the injury thing place. with him was weird because the first IL stint, we were all like, "That's a phantom IL." Because remember, even his comments, he was like, "Yeah, I guess I'm hurt." <laughs> Didn't he say something like weird like that with his back? Where he's like, "Yeah, we'll see. I guess it's my back." Like the MRI showed. It, we thought it was like a fake IL stint, and then there was like a later IL stint where he was actually hurt so so it was really bizarre with what the thing with a pitcher though is like when you you're 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 looking at such a small percentage of of uh of missed chances and when you when you have any anything that's off anything that's off that feels different and you have to change something slightly because of uh, a discomfort or whatever it is Uh, you know we've seen blisters completely change guys obviously because of the the grip you know little things like that the amount of pressure you could put on something because of because of a physical pain, then yeah, you're 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 gonna see a difference, and and it's probably not going to be like this glaring injury that's that's big. So, need him to be healthy. Need him to be uh, to find that consistent mechanic because that's clearly huge for him. We got a couple for the front office. So Brian Cashman needs to prepare for some creativity with this roster and 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 get get 
I don't know, trick someone into taking Hicks or trick someone into taking Donaldson. Like he tricked the Padres into taking back Chase Headley many years ago. Huh, your boy. Um, yeah, prepare for creativity. I like it. I, you know, I still think there's an opportunity out there to get rid of Donaldson if you can be creative. So I would love that. And, and you know, as, the, as spring training is uh, getting closer and closer, you might see teams a little bit more desperate or might, might see teams a little bit more realistic as to what their, their actual outcome is. Uh, you know, can and, and, and will be <coughs> the Colorado Rockies. And, you know, maybe they'll make moves that will help them uh, get into a better position for success in two, three years, rather than trying to do something weird for one year, probably not even going to be competing for a wild card. You know, just, just you know, commit to the uh, organization, commit to the future and give us Chris Bryant. I would love for Steinbrenner to take the Cohen approach to the luxury tax and say, who cares? What's the difference? They're up against the last penalty right now. Their projected salary, their projected luxury tax payroll on Fangraphs is $291.7 million. The top tax is $293 million. That's really, I mean, that's basically done then. Unless you're moving money away, yeah. you, you can't really do anything. That's that's where you are. So just say F it. Just go over for the, for this year and this team. Like you've got you need to win the World Series. Just just go over. Who cares? I would argue that this resolution's already come true. They they've pushed through through different, you know, this is just the next one to go through. Yeah. Um it's and, come and true, like, but like But I'm saying they've they've committed to spending money. They've committed to spending money. Of course. I'm not saying they're being cheap. But if you're gonna go up to this, just go over. Because what do we say? The the worst place to be, not that the this is where the Yankees are. Yeah, but is the, the, you make a big signing, get really weird and out of context. Very, you've fast. got a double, triple, quadruple, quintuple, nine times down on your plan. You can't go to a certain point and then stop. Okay, I think Rodon was that exactly that. And if we're talking about left field, uh, mm-hmm. there's just you know, there are not a ton of options that 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 fall into that into that bucket. Well, what if there's a trade opportunity mid-season for a left fielder, half yeah. or something like that, that would add six million dollars, eight million dollars to the yeah. payroll, which bumps I think them would, over? I think they're they're pot committed at this point for that. I think that they will okay. do that. Yeah. Okay, good. That's what they, I'm saying. They, they doesn't have to be now. They're going to they they will do that because again, what I'm saying is it doesn't have to be now, yeah. but at at some point this season, if we hear well, the Yankees don't want to make this move because of the top luxury tax penalty, I'm going to be mad. Okay, well, expect to hear it because that's what beat reporters are, are are paid to do: make you mad uh, and make you talk about the the negativity around the New York Yankees. Because that's, as we know, New York fans thrive in that. <laughs> we we love looking at that stuff, um, so it will come up. But I do think that they're committed. This next one for Garrett Cole: finish games, be a top five pitcher in baseball. Last year, he was the twenty third best starting pitcher in baseball, and that's just simply not good enough. Finish games, bottom line. That's it. That's the, the biggest thing. Bold capital letters, finish games. He, he's, he's been good, you know, up until fifth, sixth inning. And then all of a sudden we see this guy give up a three-run home run. Uh, I almost had a four-run home run. A three-run home run, a four-run home run. A grand slam home run. Yeah, all of these things. He just he needs to finish the games. That's one of my pet peeves. Can I add an impromptu resolution? Every announcer out there, don't call it a grand slam home run. It's redundant. A grand slam, call it, uh, okay, you want them to call it a four-run home run? That's better than a grand slam home run, yes. Okay. Um, finish games. Be the, be, the, be the dominant alpha that, that you should be and possibly change your voice. 
He needs to be a top five pitcher in baseball. The top five starting pitchers in baseball last year were Nola, uh, Nola Radon. Great. He's a Yankee now. Verlander, Alcantara, and Gosman. There's no reason Garrett Cole is not in that top five. No. If Gosman's there ahead of you, you should make that a personal vendetta. Yeah. DJ LeMahieu, uh, don't be a hero in the first half. We need you healthy for the second half. The Yan- Like you talked about, the, the regular season, you got time now. The Yankees need him to be right, healthy, and back to performing. You know, maybe not at the MVP type level he was in 2019 to 2020, but he needs to be better than a 265 hitter, which he's been the last two seasons, which I know have had injuries, which is why he needs to get healthy. He needs to get right and back for the second half of the season into the postseason. Yes. And if there's anything that, I mean, obviously he's right now not going to have surgery, which is, I I think, positive news considering what the doctors have been looking at. You know, they, they believe that he can fully recover without having surgery or the outcome is is better. Hopefully that outlook is like, okay, we, he can come back. Even if with surgery, um, he'll be at 85% tops without surgery, still maybe 85%. And I just hope that's not the case. You know what I'm saying? Like where, where they're looking at, um, a similar outcome with or without surgery. And we're still going to be dealing with this because I think that's still on the table, but I'm hopeful. We got one for Glaber. We got one for Glaber and it's be consistent, but also be good. First half of the year last year, 268 hitter, 325 OBP, 484 slugging. He was like a fringe all-star candidate. The second half of the season, he plummeted to a 243 hitter, a 292 on-base percentage, and a 410 slugging. You cannot be a starting player with a below 300 on-base percentage. I love the be consistent, but in parentheses, but be good. Not, not, well, don't not be bad consistently consistent. bad. Don't not be bad consistently consistent. bad. Yeah. yeah, we don't want bad consistent. No. That's just bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean joe, joey gallo was consistent he was very consistent that's true one swing plane the whole way through and he I, might be the most consistent hitter in major league baseball that's true you can make an argument that joey gallo is the most consistent hitter in baseball i loved uh when we were talking with uh, uh bloomer the astros uh um, bloomer <laughs> the astros <laughs> bloomer he's a late bloomer in the media world um uh, he is a uh, – they, they saw the same thing, uh, you know, when, when they're watching him out in Texas, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, so be consistent but, but also be good. This one is let's not punt any more games in the postseason like they did in ALCS game one against the Astros. Um, any comments? So we can punt in the regular season? Yes. Not – in the post, I mean, punting in the regular season, I'm at the point where it's like, okay, Aaron Judge is going to sit on on the getaway day with the off day the next day. Yep, I get it. That's Fine. not punting in the regular season. That's no, but management. you try. That's you load, try that's load management. You it's load management. It's but load you try, management. You try out a lot. Let's just call it what it is. The you know the the appropriate name for punting in the regular season is load management. But then you're going to get oh, getaway for, days. I'm, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're coming. You're gonna. Coming you're gonna around. get getaway days with Aaron Hicks hitting third, right? So it's like, well, what is that if that's not a punt game? Yes, I agree. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, don't punt in the in the postseason. I mean, when you when you roll out, assuming healthy, and we have a starting five, you know, or give me the best four at the time uh, that the Yankees currently have on their roster, and you're going into it, there should be no reason to do that because the the pitching gives you an opportunity to win every single day, like at a high level. This one is for the Yankees, but also Major League Baseball in general, because we saw it in the postseason. And it's make 
quicker decisions on rain delays and rainouts. There's nothing more frustrating than the fact that you know it's going to be raining until two or three o'clock in the morning. Susan Waldman's on the radio with her weather app being like, there's yeah. no chance we're playing this game. And yet everyone's still sitting in the stands and it's 915 at night. And we're just like, what the hell are we doing here? Yeah. Think about the people, please. You know, nobody wants to go out there and pay $40 for parking, $50 for parking, and and then go into the stadium for what they know. They know damn well it's going to get rained out, but they have to be there anyway just for that one little chance that it's not going to, but they know in their heart of hearts that it is. They're eating chicken buckets, they're getting, you know, $14 beers, and they're paying the parking, and they're doing it with a smile on their face because that's, we, we love baseball. We will show up. We love baseball. But you know what? Think about us. Help us out. Help the people out. And make the caller there. What if? And all the people that are working at the stadium too. It's not fun for anybody. Yeah. No, I mean the people at the stadium. I mean that that's got to be like they can't they cannot close up the gates in the concessions fast enough at the stadium when it hits the seven. No, nope, yeah, beers closed. Sorry, you're losing get out fingers of here. if your hands are on the bar <laughs> with those with those cages coming down. All right, and then the last one, obviously, yet again, it's to win the World Series. No, but don't forget about that one. Pretty important. No, no, that's the most important one. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should move that to the top next time so that they maybe they just didn't get to the bottom of the list, you know, because people's attention spans these days are closer to 20% than 100%. So we should move that to the top. Any anything else anyone have off the top of their head that that they want to add for resolutions? I think this is a really solid list. I really think the most important one here, um that that's aside from just performance, is the commitment to who you believe is going to be the guy. And that, and like I'm staring at shortstop, but also, yeah. but also if, if left field doesn't, I know we could talk about left field when there's a little bit more, uh, a little bit more time and a little bit more actual tangible information about who's available rather than us just pulling random, random dudes out and, and trying to talk ourselves into them. It's just kind of what's happening right now. But if, if, if left field via trade does not become a real thing and does not become a, 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 um, you know, a, a very clear starter that will help this team. And Cabrera is the guy that we're, we're dicking around with in left field. Commit there too. Because what we've seen with a guy like that is he can play multiple positions. But if you lock him in on one position, there are plenty of guys that can play multiple positions on this team. We don't need him to be a, a utility guy. They really don't. They don't. There, there are other options. You could even bring in a guy off the street to be more of a utility guy. But a young guy like that, if left field is not and it had left field has been a problem for a very long time for the New York Yankees. Put him there. He's got the talent. He's got the ability to learn new positions, and he's got the athleticism to, to I think, be a good defender out there. He just needs more reps. And, Who's and the last left fielder the Yankees have had? That's been that's been very good. Yeah. Who's the last good left fielder they've had? It's, it's probably Hideki Matsui. I was going to say Melky Cabrera, but. <laughs> I mean, because Brett Gardner was center field, left field. Yeah. He was like a hybrid guy. So it's like you got to go back a long way. Left field always, but even in the '90s, left field was, was was a rotating position. Like they never had. I mean, it's fine. It's like, but that's why it's left well, field. When Matsui was there, you're right. He was he Johnny David. Oh, yeah, but he was, was a center fielder, fielder when he when they signed him. He was a center. No, fielder. but he didn't play center field with the Yankees. He was he got a real left fielder's arm. Johnny Damon played center field the first two Did years he? that he was. Yeah, but like, but like when it mattered. Like, like they won the World Series. He was the left fielding. Uh, yes, but in twenty when when did they sign him? Oh six, oh seven, even probably oh eight. He was the center fielder, and then they moved him yeah. over to left when 
Melky and is Melky and Gardner in center in 09, right? So like, <laughs> they didn't have a center fielder in 09 and they won the World Series. I just think it's it's less important to have to commit to somebody in left field, especially when the, the options are Cabrera and Hicks, which are probably going to rotate around anyway, to you cannot be dicking around at shortstop. That's just too important. That's too key of a position, especially when you have an elite prospect in Volpe and another elite prospect in Peraza as options there. You can't be wishy-washy there. You got to commit at shortstop. Left field, I'm less. Cons- I don't care if you're flipping around. It's more. It's more of a mentality with with you know who you're rolling out there and and allowing a guy to really settle into something. And I think with the young guy, I think that's the more important piece. Like I I, I agree with you that shortstop is the more impactful and important um, position and and one that they have to lock in on. But but it goes. It's the same. It's the same for a young player. You know, going out there and and trying to be the best guy. Like. Create that lane for him. If there's no left fielder and he has the ability to be a long-term left fielder because he, he does have the talent, we'll see if he develops into, into what, what could be a, a corner outfielder. Um, but, but commit to it. Like Put him yeah. out there. Get him the reps. Because if you don't have the reps, then you're not going to improve. Do you guys remember Bubba Crosby? Of course I remember Bubba Crosby. Remember that segment we were going to do where we he came just up like, as a center fielder also? Uh-huh. That's why I brought him up. Remember that segment we were going to do for Logan, just like educating him on random shit from like the 90s and the 2000s? Like yeah, Logan's history lesson. Bubba Crosby played way too many games in center field for the Yankees. Kevin Moss <laughs> way too was many. Aaron Judge before Aaron Judge was Aaron Judge. I'm going to look up Bubba Crosby right now, how many games he played in center field. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. A lot. A lot. He played so many games for the Yankees. I'm going to his fielding. He, <laughs> I mean, he played in. Was that at the time where, where, where they forgot that Bernie Williams was a real person? Well, 2005, they, they just ignored Bernie Williams there. as a real person. They started ignoring Bernie Williams. Yeah, for Bubba in Crosby, two, right? In 2005, Bubba Crosby played significant time in the Yankees outfield. He played 67 games in the outfield total. And he started 12 games in center, but he played 41 in center. So he probably went in for defense. Defensive replacement. His games played were off the, like 55 games in 2004, 76 in 2005, 65 in 2006. Bubba Crosby played 205 games for the Yankees in the mid 2000s. 51 OPS plus. (laughs) He was a good little player. He was. And then, and then they brought up like Brett Gardner. And I'm just like, this is just Bubba Crosby. Like, what are we doing? And then Brett Gardner turned into a really it's good player. It's like, I know, but when Brett Gardner was called up, you're like, that's Bubba Crosby. Same, same thing. That's Bubba Crosby. Head much shaped faster, a little bit much weirder. faster. I don't know. And Bubba Crosby was speedy. I mean, he had to. He was How fast. else is Bubba Crosby making the major league? Squatty legs. Fast. He was a. He was a. Yeah, he was just like a. He was a guy that that could you could put him in multiple positions. Do you know some of the most jarring pictures some of the most jarring pictures on the internet are brett gardner with hair the ones where he's like in front of the the actual plane yeah where he's in like a he's in his dad's suit and and, and he's got hair in front of a private jet you're like what's going on here very great pictures pictures. they're fantastic pictures actually all right anything else you want to touch on um a couple of news items licky dfa ended up trading to the braves for a couple prospects um billy mckinney you, back what, maybe what he's was, our maybe he's our answer to uh left field former first round pick brought over in the glaber trade from chicago was drafted i think by oakland um but, but went to the cubs brought over in the glaber trade so reunited maybe brothers in arms over here you know coming coming back and uh and, and 
he's going to play in AAA. But he's what, a good veteran guy. What was the left field thing you want to talk about? Was it just committing? Was that your left field take? We were looking at just the, the, the different options that are there, and we were throwing out lots of, like, uh, Jerickson Profar is out there, had a resurgence in a year um, last year with the Padres. I did a, a, I did a fun, like, my, my favorite tool, I think, on um, baseball reference is the, uh, Compare. Is the uh, player comparison. Yeah, so you mm-hmm. can see direct comparisons of the guys. And I put him next to Brian Reynolds uh, from the, his 2022 season. And not that different. Not that different. Like, really not that different. Defensively, Reynolds... You know, he's a superior player. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. But offensively, not that different. Um, we In were fact, talking about this uh, lower strikeout percentage, Jerks of Jerks of Profar, and you could argue, you could argue that maybe one he got into a different situation, and also he got into a much better lineup. So he was getting he was getting pitched to more, where he wasn't you know buried in. Uh, some some random line at Oakland or Texas, like he's he's with San Diego, probably got a lot more pitches uh, and was able to handle it because he's always been a guy that people have expected more results from. He's always been a guy that has been um, you know talked about as talent, just never really got to that point. I think injuries played a part to that, but sneaky sneaky possibility in, in left field. Would you be excited about Jerks and Profar, or would you have to talk yourself into it? I'm talking myself into every one of these players. That's what that's what we were talking about last week. It's yeah. like everyone not named Brian Reynolds at this point, you've got to talk yourself into. And if you're talking yourself into You gotta talk me into Brian Reynolds now too, to be honest. Like oh, honestly, come on. Come no, on. I'm serious. Because because of, of that's silly. It's not silly. We have a center fielder right now. Harrison Bader is an all-world defender. But he, he might is, be gone next year. This is insurance for future center field, and it makes your outfield championship caliber with fine. Bader. Reynolds judge. That's a championship caliber outfield. Right now, I think it what is Pittsburgh not. is asking for is absolutely ludicrous for that. That's player. true. That's true. So, so if you're trading too much away for Reynolds, that, that could sour it a little bit, but I would still be very a lot excited of it, a about lot Reynolds. Of it. These are not prospects that are a ways away. We're but talking I would about a guy still like be Anthony excited. Volpe, who, who should be the next shortstop of the New York Yankees. No, I don't and, think and, Volpe. And right now. No, Volpe is not the guy getting traded for Reynolds. I think you'd be trading Dominguez and basically a bunch of pitching prospects, or or you're doing a three team trade where you're trading top prospects to another team, and then pitching is going back to Pittsburgh. I mean, come on, you have every Yankees fan should be excited if they trade for Brian Reynolds, but you got to talk yourself into all of those other options where it's like, well, is this better than if we just give Cabrera a chance and Hicks, you know, a couple days a week? Like, is that better? It's like, probably, but not definitely. You can get Brian Reynolds without giving up Volpe. Do it. Okay. That's the only guy I don't want. Like, Dominguez even, like, yeah, I think that he's, you know, he's one of these, like, uh, he's sexy on Instagram and a lot of other players. And he may be a good player, but I think he's probably at his sexiest right now. Doing a lot of Instagram creeping. No, I just I mean more of like he's like a combine guy, you know, in football. Like he he shows well on tape. He's 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 a specimen. He's that guy. Uh I don't he he very well could be a very good player. It's just the odds of him being a very good player when you look at, at how prospects are, not in his favor. All right. That's gonna wrap up the episode. New Year's resolutions. Hope you guys enjoyed them all. Tweet at Yankees Podcast. Uh, what your New Year's resolution is for the 2023 Yankees. We'll, we'll give it a retweet, and if they're they're good, we'll mention them on next week's episode. Happy New Year, everybody. You've got how many days left? What did I say? The 13th? You've got you've got like a week and a half 16 left. 16 more days, yep. Uh, math? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 16 more at least. Yeah. Okay. Oh, because you, you're going to piss me off on the 17th. Got it. Uh, well, you've got until the 13th at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Friday, 
when when East Coast working hours are over. So if you're on the West Coast and get it's, it in it's, early, don't you forget get it in early. early. Yeah, three o'clock West Coast time. No, you're, you're not wishing anyone a happy New Year. East Coast, that East Coast New Year is whatever, whatever one cares about anyway. So 5 p.m. January 13th Eastern time is when you can or commit to it and year. and send that set that alarm for Tuesday at three o'clock. Got it. We will talk to you guys next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.